The following program is sponsored by Cleveland Right to Life and is responsible for its content. Welcome to From the Median, a daily report from the front line of the pro-life movement, discussing two worldviews that are driving our culture in opposite directions. From the Median asks, which side of the road are you on? What direction do you want our culture to go? Tune in as we plan the route that takes us back to the culture of life. And now your host, Molly Smith. Good evening and welcome to From the Median, where we are concerned with the middle ground, not just to understand both sides of an argument, but also to awaken the consciences of those who are neutral or indifferent to this, the greatest civil rights movement of all times, the pro-life movement. Listeners, as always, thank you so much for joining us. Lots to talk about right now. I have a returning guest, somebody who I had on a long time ago, and I just was reminding him that we haven't connected for a while. However, I am very happy to welcome to the program Brian Close, who is with Human Life International and a wonderful, wonderful organization. Somebody who I, it's just one of those places that you, anything that you want to know is going on around the world when it comes to family and, and life, you go to Human Life International and you'll find out. And Dr. Brian Close has been, has been involved in them for a long, long time. And so without further ado, I'm going to give you more information as we go along. But Brian, thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely to be here. Absolutely. You are the Director of Education and Research at Human Life International. You're, interestingly enough, a graduate of West Point. You were with Army Special Forces, uh, Green Beret. You are a PhD in engineering, uh, civil engineering and system sciences. And you've taken all of this and you've given it to us in the pro-life movement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is yeah, it's kind of strange. I think God has been uh, dragging me by the collar from one place to another saying, go here, go there, and say, yes, Lord, and all this prepared me for this job here. Yeah. Nothing was wasted. Yeah, you know, isn't that funny? I just spoke with somebody in a previous interview re- very recently who is, you know, sort of an accounting and insurance and all that kind of stuff, and he's doing an amazing work that's just, he does it part-time, but he, he just listened to God's voice, and away he's gone and he's you know been around doing this wonderful thing for 12 years he's 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 helping he's helping different cities put up nativity scenes and it's like oh Oh, my goodness yeah so together with thomas moore society the two of them do you know work it together and they they do these nativity scenes all over and it's the same sort of thing it's exactly what you said is sort of what he said you know why am I doing this? I don't know. God called me. <laughs> so, yeah. so this is wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. Brian, um, there's been, before we got on the program, we talked a little bit about this. As much as, as a mess, oh, um, the United States is in and, and it's not all. It's, it's still the most beautiful country in the world. It's still got such an amazing history behind it and so many good things that are going on. But unfortunately, our, our media just makes us look at only the negatives, but we do have lots of challenges. We've got lots of challenges going on. However, Human Life International, um, I've spoken to a couple of the, a couple of the, um, directors from various countries over the last year, just, you know, working, to, uh, understanding what they're doing there. And then I got this, this article across my desk from, um, the, uh, uh, it was a press release and it was about representatives from 22 nations gathering in Cebu City, Philippines. I, I'm hoping I'm say, saying that correctly to advocate yes. for the culture of life at Human Life International's 23rd Asian Pacific Congress on Faith, Life and Family. Tell us about this. What, what an amazing thing. Wow. 
Yeah, it's absolutely lovely. We have a, a conference in every segment of the world, every continent, every year. Uh, this is probably the biggest one because uh, it's led by two really good people, Dr. Lagai Acosta, who used to work for the Ministry of Health, pushing contraception and then converted, and Dr. Rene Joseph Bulliser, another medical doctor, uh, who is uh, head of uh, Pilipinas, uh, HLI Pilipinas in, in Cebu itself. So this has been going on for a long time, this ASPAC, as we call it, Asia-Pacific Congress, since 1991. And we've had it in several different countries, South Korea, Philippines, India, uh, Hong Kong, uh, Indonesia, Thailand, Kazakhstan, Malaysia, a couple of others, and uh, I've been to 15 of them, and it's just a very joyful type of thing. And our objective is to get everybody together, recharge, and give them the information they need to do their job, which is resisting the culture of death and uh, giving them the tools to do the job. So that's what we do at each one of these things. They're always very enjoyable. How do you how do you identify it? I mean, here we are. Here, here, Human Life International is um, on the on you know inside the United States doing their work here, and yet you are able to go across the world and find those leadership skills in in the indigenous people. How do you find? How do you do that? Well, it's not very hard. We have uh, initials I O T E M. First, we identify pro-life leaders, and it's not hard to do that. They're the enthusiastic ones who are full of ideas. They've been doing stuff for uh, a few years, so they're kind of hardened. They know a little bit more than other people do, so we identify the people. Then, oh, we get them organized, send them back to their countries and get them organized, get other people around them. Then T is training. Then we usually go back a second time to these new groups and put them through an intensive 22-session, uh, five-day training program and everything that's happening and how to get prepared. That itself is in three sections. The first, the most important section, the first five of the 22 sessions is the prayerful attitude you have to have and the spiritual nature of the battle between life and death. And we have uh, 12 sessions on the specific uh, different uh, issues you're going to run into from contraception to population control to transgenderism, and then the rest is getting organized. So that's IOT. Uh, e is education. After training, we got to keep them educated and equipped. So we give them, for example, a small thumb drive, which has eight gigabytes of data on it. All you want to know about all of the issues, 267 articles on every question, the training program itself so they can do it themselves again or give it to others. And then finally, the M in the IOTEM is mentor. Uh, we give them uh, sometimes resources, financial resources, and mentor them until they're able to fly by themselves. You know, Father Paul Marks, uh, OSB, who was the founder of HLI back in 1972, we call him the Johnny Appleseed of the pro-life movement because he went to nearly 100 countries and started pro-life organizations. So if not for him in HLI, there would be no international pro-life movement. Oh, wow. Brian, did you... Um, the, 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 the representatives that went to the Philippines for this international conference or Congress, 
how do you choose them? I mean, what, what exactly are you focusing on? Were you, so you're in the Philippines focusing on what? I mean, obviously, well, uh, obviously on, on yeah. what you've just said, but there has to be certain, I, I'm, I'm assuming that there's a theme every year that, that you're looking at. And how does that is the the theme, which is really the theme every time, but we give it different names. Hosea four six, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So the problem we have, the people are kind of paralyzed. They see all this evil happening and say, what do I do? So we get them organized. We give them the information they need and the tools they need to do the job. And so uh, that's how you get good pro-life groups who are pract- which are practically invulnerable against all the attacks they're going to receive. They just go out there and preach the truth, and it works. Mm. Do you bring people in? A, I'm just looking at the, at the press release. But you you tend to bring what what you're doing is you're focusing on bringing in. Um, Experts, medical doctors, re- religious people, academics, all p- oh, yeah. policy, all of that. And oh, does yeah. Human Life International actually host and fund all of these things? For the most part, uh, some of our topics are uh, from the last uh, ASPAC uh, uh, three, four weeks ago. Are some examples are transhumanism, the future history of the culture of death, uh, modernism, the hidden enemy of the church, how it attacks the church. One of its two prime, the culture of death's true uh, two uh, prime enemies. The other being the family, of course, uh, the joys and blessings of large families, uh, dying to meet you. Preventing euthanasia and uh, other topics like that. Uh, so we also distribute the thumb drive that I just talked mm-hmm. about. You know, Father uh, Marx used to log eighty pounds of books to his destinations, and I got to go on some of these missions with him. Now he can take ten thousand books on tiny USB devices. Yeah, and they weigh half a pound. So we're advancing. We're advancing in the technology very quickly and in the quality of the presentations. What do you consider yourself as being the expert in them? I mean, you, you, you're obviously multi, multitasked and you've got all kinds of experience and all kinds of different things. What do you fe- find that gives you the most um, – sort of enthusiasm, you know, just love doing it? Which, which of the, of the all? Well, I love talking to people uh, all around the world. I love uh, meeting exotic people. Uh, in one country, I got to meet some headhunters. Uh, I thought they were headhunters, but they it was actually a Jamaican guy in Dominica putting together a set for the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And uh, I actually got to eat uh, dinner with some... Uh, Oh, uh, wow. So uh, headhunter type peoples, uh, or cannibals almost in, uh, Papua New Guinea. Oh and, uh, it's, it's just remarkable. The wonderful people, the pro-lifers all over the world mm-hmm. are always the same. It doesn't matter what their color is, what they do, you know, how advanced quote unquote they are. They always have the same good hearts. Mm-hmm. And so it's relatively easy to be able to direct these hearts and, and say, okay, here's what we think God wants you to do. Here are your options. You pick the one that God thinks is calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are a number of options. 
And the three main categories are direct action, everything from picketing to uh, rescue missions, and to the biggest one of all, facing women directly at crisis pregnancy mm-hmm, centers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the United States, it's very interesting, but 90% of the entire pro-life movement is crisis pregnancy centers, the full-time workers wow. and volunteers, 90%. Wow. And if you look... And this is a women's movement, too. If you look at all these crisis pregnancy centers and all the other groups, which only make up 10% but get most of the press, 93% of all the people in the pro-life movement in the United States are women. So it really is a women's movement. And that these poor fools in the pro-abortion sites say we hate women. We are women, you know. That's what the whole uh, darn program is about. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we get to travel all over the world. I've been to nearly 70 countries. I've traveled millions of miles. And it's just the most joyful thing to be able to do. Ours is a ministry of encouragement mm-hmm. and information. We mm-hmm. encourage people and get them involved. You know, we, we've got to talk with Human Life International because, as you know, we have just had a devastating loss in Ohio, which I really did not think was going to happen because Ohio has always been supposedly a pro-life state. Um, yeah. But as we've seen these um, amendments, these abortion amendments taking place to our different constitutions, I think we're now up at seven and there's six more coming, it looks like, for the 24 election. Um, what we are discovering is that uh, even the pro-lifers did not want to do without abortion. This is devastating. As you look at the, as you, you know, you and I talked just a little bit very briefly before, but you, you know, you were saying that the, the, the glimmers of hopes and the bright lights that are shining from, from Eastern Europe, from all of these places, from, you know, from third world countries. What has they got that we just have somehow we've lost? Or maybe we haven't. Okay. We're just not going it at the right way. I don't really bother thinking about those things. None of that stuff bothers me, really. All you have to do is keep your eyes on the cross. Keep doing what you're doing, and that's what God asked for us. Don't get discouraged when these things happen. Just keep doing what you're doing. I don't even bother reading about it because I don't care. All I care about is a job that's in front of me and doing it. Mm-hmm. And Mother Teresa, I got this idea from Mother Teresa, who said, uh, don't pay any attention to all the things going on around you. Focus on that poor person lying in the ditch. Uh, and that's yeah. how we win. You don't expend your energy by worrying about things you have no control over. You don't get all discouraged and everything. You remember 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight. keep on working in the Lord's work. Work always knowing that in the Lord you can never be working in vain. The devil wants to discourage you. That's one of the six tactics he uses. So don't sweat that stuff. Just focus on the cross and the job in front of you, and we win in the end. I've read the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're so right. Well, that was such, that was like a real booster shot for me right there because I needed to hear it. Yeah, yeah, it was real <laughs> wonderful, Brian. Because, you That's know, we do, yeah, we do, we do get, I mean, that, that is a human condition too. We do get d- discouraged, but you're absolutely right. That's, that's straight from the devil because when, yeah, we, be happy. Yeah, yeah. Be happy that things are so bad. I mean, God would not have put us in this world under such horrible conditions if he didn't think we could handle it yeah. because he never tests us beyond our ability to respond. And as Pope Leo XIII said, the harder the battle, the greater the grace you receive by fighting it. Wow. My goodness. I think I'm going to just play this this interview with you every night before I go to bed. (laughs) 
Oh, bless you, your heart. You're giving me so much courage, sort of uh, uh, just courage <laughs> as I move forward because it's so true. I mean, it's it is. I mean, I have not been down, down, but I have also been. Oh my goodness, what have we done? Where did we go? What do we, you know, what? Which is normal, I think. But by the same token, oh, yeah. you know, you, you're just oh, yeah. back into perspective again. Tell us a little bit about what's going on in Europe because we, uh, Eastern Europe, you, you you touched on it very briefly, and I'd love to explore that a little bit more. You know, several of the nations there, you know, it's very hard to come back from communism because communism is a soul killer. And uh, not only that, but it hates children. It despises free speech and everything, and God especially. Now, these countries are coming out of their long sleep everywhere from Hungary to Mongolia. And you see this strange uh, kind of numbness in the people, like what has been going on with us our whole lives, you know? Uh, why are things so bad? And so we see a waking up, a slow waking up from communism in Eastern Europe, uh, Hungary, uh, Czechia, uh, many of the other or, uh, uh, the stands out there like Azerbaijan and Kazakhstan. I've, I've been to all these places. And the people are now kind of waking up from a, a spiritual or moral coma. And so they're starting almost at the very beginning, you know, they, they almost tabula rasa, almost complete blank slates. And so we go to these places and we train people in those countries and to go to their, their fellow countrymen and women and uh, start teaching them basic theology. In a way, it's a great advantage for us because... They aren't tied up with all of these other ideas, like we have to have separation of church and state, which is completely untrue. You know, a conscience is a teacher, not a pupil. All these strange ideas have to be torn down in so-called developed countries before you can start rebuilding a true morality or a system of ethics that respects human life in its place. So we see several countries in Eastern Europe who are the people are looking the, the leaders are looking at the disastrously low uh, birth rates like in some cases less than one child per family they look at the plummeting population they look at their economies that are failing because they don't have too many young people anymore and they say we have to do something and that gives us an opportunity mm-hmm. to go and you know and it's interesting because I remember in in, in Italy um, it was must have been a, a not maybe 10 years ago I remember going to a little town in in Italy, um, and and my husband and my husband was on on business, and I went with him. And one of the things that really struck me at the time was the lack of children around. Mm. You know, so even then, you could see that this was beginning. This was going to come. So we we've seen this, and now we see the 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 you know the the Chinese Communist Party leader crying to the North you know, North Koreans, "Please have children! Please have children! You need to have some children." I mean, it's happening everywhere. That it's it's horrible. I just heard a story. Just, you know, maybe yesterday or the day before about a young man who's just recently got married, loved, you know, really nice young man and asked, you know, so when you, you know, do you have any children? No, we're not going to have children because I don't, we don't want to bring children into the world like a world like this. Now that's often. Well, used. That's a typical of the culture of death, a very yes. depressed outlook. Exactly. Because the devil wants us to be. He wants us to be miserable with him in hell forever, and he also wants us to be miserable here on earth. And so in yeah. that's one of the great things that's going to win it for the culture of life, demographics. 
The people who hate children, the people who hate God are not going to have kids. We're going to have lots of kids uh, by comparison. We're going to lose quite a few of them to the culture of death, but in the end, demographics is what's going to win it for us. Mm-hmm. You're so right. You're so right. And, and the other wonderful thing I see um, is in all of these other countries, that particularly third world and developing countries, um, you know, the, the beauty of childhood and, and how it is still revered. I mean, they still, children are so important in those cultures. Um, and then you oh, get yeah. things like Planned Parenthood trying to push, you know, things into the United Nations treaties and all that kind of stuff. Human Life International is very involved in fighting back against that. How do you do it? How we, what we do primarily is we try a high, uh, medium, and low approach. We try to get to the uh, parliamentarians, especially in Africa and Asia. Oh, and Latin America as well. It's not much use uh, in uh, Europe because they're pretty hardened there. But in the Southern Hemisphere, we have great success in exposing who these people are, why they're coming to this country. And we show them books like The Rising Tide of Color Against White World Supremacy, written by you know, favorite of racists everywhere, written 101 years ago by uh, Lothrop Stoddard, who sat on the board of uh, the American Birth Control League, Margaret Sanger's organization. Yep. And we show them that these people are not in it for your interests, they're in it for the interests of developing countries. We show them NSSM 200, 1974, which is the official population policy of the United States. And it says right in there, we have to hold down the populations of developing countries so we can get our hands on the natural resources. Mm -hmm. And this outrages them and it hardens them against this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so we see, uh, we're starting to see more and more rebelling against this. Uh, We just had, I think it was in Uganda, we went to the high school there and showed them what these people are trying to do. And uh, when Planned Parenthood came in a couple of weeks later, they got thrown out and their materials were burned. Oh, my goodness. But but most of all, we go after the people who are middle-level managers, like people who are going to affect thousands of others during their life, and that's their job. The doctors and the nurses, the priests and the seminarians, the principals and the teachers, people like this. And uh, we give them a complete course in how to fight. And so we really are very good at setting up resistance to the culture of death. The trouble is, we're very small. We're like a $4 million a year organization, while population control expenditures are more like $10 billion every year. But we have a remarkably good effect with every dollar we have, we spend it as effectively as we possibly can. Wow. Brian Klaus, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the program. And I am going to try to get you back more often. It can't be a couple of years before we get you back because this is, this is, we need your voice to be quite honest with you right now. We, oh, need, you. we need your voice on, 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 for all of us, particularly here in Ohio and Michigan where we've, you know, we've been, uh, oh, we've yeah. been a little bit de- devastated, but that's okay. We can listen to Dr. Brian Klaus and he'll, he'll help us to get back to where we should be. Director of Education and Research for Human Life International. Brian, thank you so much for coming on the show so appreciate all you're doing uh, thank you just remember 1 Corinthians 15.58 1 Corinthians 15.58 I will put that on the website beside Brian's connect to, so that you can connect back to his presentation right now and you can have it and you can remember it too thank you so much Brian thank God you bless, God bless you lots bye bye you too bye
Don't go anywhere. I will be back with you right after this very short break with another world-class, inspiring guest.